This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. Today it's time to speak about the fortuity doctrine because the essence of insurance is that every claim must be fortuitous, an accident, not intended, not expected by the insured. The fortuity doctrine arises from the basic concept upon which insurance is founded, that insurance covers risks, not losses, that were planned, intended, or anticipated by the insured. It has always been the view of insurers that losses that were expected by the insured could not be the subject of an insurance policy. To do so would have a counterproductive effect. No one would buy insurance until they were certain they would have a loss. The concept of spreading the risk on which insurance is based would be defeated. The creation of losses would be encouraged. For example, a person decides to gain a competitive advantage over his competitor by slandering him. He first purchases a CGL policy with a personal injury coverage, which covers against the offense of slander, and immediately thereafter commences his deliberate attack on his competitor expecting to be protected by the CGL insurer. Or a person decides to get even with his neighbor by assaulting him with a baseball bat. He knows his neighbor will sue, so he buys a CGL the day before, expecting the insurer to defend him. Or a manufacturer concludes that it can make a greater profit if it uses an unsafe but cheap cheap gas tank in the vehicle. The manufacturer knows some will fail and kill or maim the customers. The manufacturer buys extra insurance to cover the exposure to his customers that the engineers tell him is inevitable since the insurance is less expensive than the cost to build the vehicle with a safe gas tank. All of these things would be non-fortuitous losses. An accident or occurrence is never present when the insured performs a deliberate act unless some additional unexpected, independent, and unforeseen happening occurs that produces the damage when the injury was caused by the insured's manufacture and sale of products the manufacture and sale of products without right were deliberate and intentional acts, and there were no additional unexpected, independent, and unforeseen happenings that caused the infringement alleged by the plaintiff or the indemnity obligation. The court concluded that the conduct giving rise to the underlying action was not an accident, nor an occurrence within the coverage provision because there was no potential basis 
no potential basis for an accidental loss. The loss in progress rule codifies a fundamental principle of insurance law that an insurer cannot insure against the loss that is known or apparent to the insured. The public policy rule is premised on the view that to hold the insurer liable for a progressive and continuing property loss that was discovered before the carrier insured the risk would be to impose upon the insurer a guarantee of the good quality of the property insured, which liability under the policy the insurer had not assumed. Consider Montrose Chemical v. Admiral Insurance Company, a 1995 decision of the California Supreme Court where the existence and extent of injuries were unknown from the insured standpoint, coverage of continuous or progressively deteriorating property damage under a CGL policy did not offend the loss-in-progress rule since they were fortuitous. The fortuity doctrine, or the loss-in-progress rule, where damage began to occur prior to the inception of the policy, requires that as a matter of law, no part of the loss may be insured against. The fortuity doctrine only precludes a party from insuring against a loss that has occurred or is certain to occur within the terms of the policy. In addition, all policies issued after the knowledge is obtained, if there was no disclosure of the ongoing loss, would be subject to rescission by the insurer, even if the misrepresentation or concealment of the ongoing loss were innocent. The Restatement of Contracts, Section 291, states insurance is, quote, a fortuitous event is an event which, so far as the parties to the contract are aware, is dependent on chance. It may be beyond the power of any human being to bring the event to pass. It may be within the control of third persons. It may even be a past event, such as the loss of a vessel, provided that the fact is unknown to the parties. Close quote. In New York insurance policies, generally, the courts require fortuity and thus implicitly exclude coverage for intended or expected harm. New York's insurance law section 1101A1 itself defines insurance contract as, quote, any agreement whereby one party, the insurer, is obligated to confer benefit of pecuniary value upon another party, the insured, dependent upon the happening of a fortuitous event, close quote. And fortuitous event is defined as, quote, any occurrence or failure to occur, which is or is assumed by the parties to be to a substantial extent beyond the control of either party, 
Thus, the requirement of a fortuitous loss is a necessary element of insurance policies based on either an accident or occurrence. This is Certain Underwriters of Lloyd's versus NL Industries, a 2020 decision of a New York appellate court. In WC and AN versus Continental Casualty Company, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit was faced with the allegation that Continental wrongfully denied coverage under a policy and should be required to pay the costs Miller incurred defending a 2010 lawsuit. The policy contains several relevant provisions. The policy includes coverage for employment practices, liability, directors and officers liability, and entity liability. General terms and conditions at the beginning of the policy apply throughout. Under the policy, Continental will provide coverage to Miller for claims against Miller made during the coverage period for a wrongful act by an insured person. Continental reasoned that the acts alleged in the 2006 lawsuit and the fraudulent conveyance and other acts alleged in a 2010 lawsuit were interrelated wrongful acts constituting a single claim. Under the terms of the policy, such a claim should be deemed to have been made in 2006 before the policy coverage period began on November 1, 2010. Continental therefore concluded the claim was not insured by the policy. The policy's definition of interrelated wrongful acts is expansive. This definition is not ambiguous, particularly on the facts before the court, and will apply it in accordance with the ordinary meaning of the words used. Therefore, the conduct alleged in the 2006 and 2010 lawsuits share a common nexus of fact and are therefore interrelated wrongful acts under the policy's definition. As the district court observed, the two lawsuits are linked by a multitude of common facts. Because they involve interrelated wrongful acts, the 2010 lawsuit and the 2006 lawsuit are part of the same claim under the policy. Pursuant to the policy provisions, the court had no option but to deem the claims in the 2010 lawsuit first made on the date on which the 2006 lawsuit was filed, March 17, 2006. As the district court determined, because March 17, 2006 is outside the policy period, Continental properly denied the claim. This case is a variation on the fortuity doctrine. You can't legally or honestly buy insurance to protect you against an action that has already occurred. Since the suit against the insurer related to two interrelated wrongful acts, the claim was first made four years before the inception of the policy, and therefore coverage was unavailable. 
if the insured knows when purchasing a policy, as did the litigants in the WC and AN versus Continental Casualty Company case, that there is a substantial probability that it will suffer or has already suffered a loss, the risk ceases to be contingent and becomes a probable or known loss, which is ordinarily uninsurable. Therefore, the fortuity doctrine holds that insurance is not available for losses that the policyholder knows of, planned, intended, or is aware are substantially certain to occur. The known loss rule is a variant, holding that an insured may not obtain insurance to cover a loss that is known before the policy takes effect. People who are accused of tortious conduct are loath to report the accusation to their insurer, even though they know someone incurred property damage or bodily injury and would continue to incur property damage or bodily injury, are obligated by every liability policy written in the United States to promptly report that known loss to the liability insurer. Further, since liability insurance only insures against fortuitous losses, a loss that occurred or began and continues before the issuance of a policy cannot be fortuitous. In Zepp Realty versus Sentinel Insurance Company, the United States District Court for the District of Maryland found that Charles Zepp sued Sentinel seeking damages for the alleged breach of contract because Sentinel refused to defend or indemnify Zepp because it was excluded by the known loss provision of the Sentinel policy. The suit arose because Zepp claimed Sentinel wrongfully refused to defend and indemnify Zepp Realty and Charles Zepp under the insurance policy which Sentinel, in a real estate-related lawsuit, filed against Zepp. In October 2014, Robert and Kimberly Rulin sued Zepp in the Circuit Court for Howard County, Maryland, setting forth allegations against Zepp and Zepp's capacity as both a real estate developer and real estate agent in the underlying action. The Rulins alleged they purchased property in a subdivision developed and marketed by Zepp on which they explained periodic flooding came on during rain events. The Rulins first experienced the flooding in the fall of 2011, at which time they notified Zepp of the problem. According to the Rulins, Zepp and the home builder acknowledged their responsibility and undertook efforts to correct the defects. The Rulins again reached out to Zepp via email on May 1, 2014, to discuss the flooding problem. This time they described the flooding with terms such as a flood plain, a swamp, and a 40 wide by one and a half inch deep river. After receiving this mail, the Rulins claimed Zepp again visited the property and undertook repair efforts, which were un ultimately unsuccessful. 
In October of 2014, the Rulins filed suit against Zepp and other defendants over the property defects. Zepp informed Sentinel of the underlying action and requested a defense and indemnity. Zepp ultimately settled the underlying lawsuit with the Rulins for $25,000. In defending the action, Zepp paid $108,577.50 in attorney's fees and $5,825 in mediation and arbitration fees. Sentinel moved for summary judgment, and under Maryland law, an insurance policy is construed according to the contract principles, and under the objective law of the contract, the written language embodying the terms of an agreement will govern the rights and liabilities of the parties, irrespective of the intent of the parties at the time they entered into the contract. Any ambiguity in the insurance policy should be construed liberally in favor of the insured and against the insurer as drafter of the instrument. The obligation of an insurer to defend its insured under a contract privilege. Who drafted the contract? The obligation of an insurer to defend its insured under a contract provision is always determined by the allegations in the tort actions. If the plaintiffs in the tort suits allege a claim covered by the policy, the insurer has a duty to defend. Allowing an insurance company to refuse to defend an insured based solely on allegations in a complaint filed by an uninterested third party leaves the insured with no choice but to rely on a plaintiff to file a well-pleaded complaint in order to establish a potentiality of coverage under the insured's insurance policy. An insurance company, however, in Maryland may not use extrinsic evidence to contest coverage if the underlying complaint establishes a potentiality of coverage. Most relevant is the exclusion for known losses. Specifically, the policy states coverage only applies where prior to the policy period no insured knew that the bodily injury or property damage had occurred, in whole or in part. If such a listed insured knew prior to the policy period that the bodily injury or property damage occurred, then any continuation, change, or resumption of such bodily injury or property damage during or after the policy period will be deemed to have been known prior to the policy period, and the insurer owes nothing. This video was adapted from my book, Zalma on Insurance Claims, Part 105, Third Edition, which is now available from Amazon.com as a Kindle book, a paperback, or a hardcover. If you found this video to be useful or necessary to the knowledge of your yourself and your colleagues, please pass it on. It's free. And please also subscribe to my YouTube channel and my Rumble channel and click on the like button and the rumble buttons as you do. And please also subscribe to my blog and my Substack publications. Thank you for your attention.